0: Struggling with what it means to be authentic online? Well, you're not alone. The moment we want to use social media intentionally for projects or entrepreneurial efforts, we feel like imposters almost immediately. I certainly do. I think we need a new way of thinking about authenticity in the global village. Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder. Today, we talk about the challenge of intentional online self-presentation. A quick shout out to our sponsor, Acquire.com. More on that later. Now, let's be authentic. Well, there's this cardinal rule to effective digital writing. And I was talking to Dickie Bush about all of this stuff earlier this week. You have to write for attention first, then you add whatever message you might have, whatever you might want. Lead with value, lead with insights, start with the outcome. And that's how writing for social media works right now. And it begs the question, is this still authentic self-presentation? And Corey Zhu pondered this slow death of authenticity in the attention economy recently. And he has a point. The way we communicate online isn't how we approach real life interactions. Things have changed. And what it means to be authentic has changed too. Authenticity isn't very clear for most people who are using social media today. You can pretty much be as authentic as you want, but if no one reads it, it has no impact, right? So how impactful can authenticity even be in this? And can being overly authentic, too authentic, actually prevent you from making an impact? Well, authenticity at first glance sounds like something that is very internal, comes from the inside, and identity freely and honestly shared from the inside out. But as social beings, social animals, our authenticity is determined by the people who either recognize it or deem it lacking in us. So what is authentic to them is mirrored back into our self-perception. And coming to terms with being authentic online starts with recognizing the expectations of the people in front of which we place ourselves. Without them and their expectations, there's no authenticity. And most people go to social media looking for meaningful, relatable content. This might be for entertainment or to learn something or to feel some kind of bond with other people. And those interactions happen around the content we produce the tweets, the videos, the articles, the messages. And there is a lot of content out there done and created by a lot of people. Now there used to be a time when gatekeepers ensured the quality of what anyone would get to see, but that's not the case anymore, right? We still have editors and they still exist in publishing, but they're not the only source of written information anymore. The shelves of the bookstores and the pages of the magazines that we read, well, they've been supplanted by the algorithmic feeds of YouTube and Twitter. Access to creators is now direct. And there's no arbiter for quality, no external arbiter anymore, because the actual gatekeeper is still around, and the gatekeeper for quality is now the consumer. We have to filter information ourselves. For every single piece of content, we are the gatekeepers. Trust has shifted from the external gatekeepers to the consumer. If we don't trust the content, we will not consume it. So, to build trust on this honest foundation means connecting with people's shifting expectations of what it actually means to be trustworthy. Your authentic representation from five years ago might not align with your audience today. Back in the day, people valued professional distance and an aura of sophisticated smartness. Now, people want to see the real person behind the business. What makes you relatable is flexible now. We need a flexible authenticity. But is this good? Is this bad? Like, how can you even call this authentic? It sounds like acting or manipulation. I think it's time to rethink self-presentation at scale. These nuanced levels of connection that we have in the physical world around us they do not exist in a world of thousands and millions. Dunbar's number around 150 people who you can realistically forge deep bonds with. That number is quickly reached when you put effort into building an online audience. The new reality of operating in virtual environments of the masses redefines what authentic behavior is, what it can be, and what it can effectively do for you. You have to look at who you are online through a pragmatic lens now. It's an inevitable consequence of scale and diversity in thought and experiences. You cannot be a unique person to every single person of your virtual audience. At some point, those clear lines that we have with friends and family who know us for years, they will start blurring in the virtual realm. Authenticity online is a constant experimentation with how others perceive you as authentic. In a way, authenticity becomes an externalized projection of other people's expectations. You lean into their perception of you. And that feels like cheating, right? Well, if you experiment with Dunbar's number in your mind, just see what happens there. Imagine you could have uh, strong relationships with 500 people. Wouldn't that be great for you as a creator? I guess you could deeply connect with a more sizable audience, four times as much as you can now. But even then, you might not be in the top 500 of the people that your individual followers even want to interact with. Between celebrities and their social peers and relatives and work relationships, you might not rank in the top 500. So even with a higher capacity on your end, the strength of your relationship with them would just be as limited. And with a growing social following, you will find no matter how many people you could be your true real world self with, you will eventually scale out of that. And it's their limitation that prevents that deep bond. You are trying, you're just not ranking for them. People will always see you in a simple way that doesn't fully represent your true self. And here's why that matters. To them, authenticity happens when you live up to their simplified idea of you. If you do something outside of this, they might see it as inauthentic, even if it's true to who you are. And that, ironically, damages your relationship with them. To deal with this, a lot of people who are doing all this audience building, they play it safe by projecting a very strong persona that is easy to live up to. They might even choose an extreme identity, like always being positive, or a reliably funny troll, or always seeing the negative and stuff. This just makes it easier for them to meet expectations and avoid disappointing others. The people who follow those people, for this clear-cut persona, they get exactly what they expect. People often become caricatures of themselves to fit into these personas, and this is the new challenge of authenticity at scale. There's really no perfect solution to this, but one approach that I would recommend looking into is to choose an idealized version of yourself that has a positive impact on the people around you and is easy for you to actually live up to reliably. I've done that, and I'm doing this as much as I can every single day. I choose to be the kindest person around, I celebrate the success of others. I commiserate with them when things go awry and I give more than I take intentionally. I make this to role that I want to project because it's a deeply seated core behavior of mine to begin with. If you meet me in the real world, you'll find a more nuanced version of this, a deeper, more attentive version, but at its root, it's still the same thing. I just want to be nice to people. And by picking this persona, I can better navigate all my relationships at scale. Whether they're parasocial or real-life connections beyond Dunbar's number, it's one way to cope with the challenges of maintaining authenticity in today's connected world. So, choose a collection of things, a collection of ideas that you can and want to live up to when you're presenting yourself online and consistently show up as that person. You'll find that authenticity here is a consequence and not just a prerequisite. And that's it for today. I will now briefly thank my sponsor, Acquire.com, for sponsoring this episode. Imagine this. You're a founder who's built a solid software-as-a-service product. You acquired customers, and all of these things are generating consistent monthly recurring revenue. Problem is, you're not growing for whatever reason. Maybe it's a lack of focus, lack of skill, or you just don't care anymore, and you feel stuck. What should you do? Well, the story that everybody would like to hear is that you buckled down, reignited the fire, worked on the business rather than just in the business, start building an audience, which I highly recommend, start building a personal brand, equally recommended, move out of your comfort zone, do sales and marketing, also something that I struggle with, hey, six months down the road, you've tripled your revenue. Unfortunately, reality is not as simple as this. Your situation will be different, but in a way, too many times, this story ends up being one of inaction and stagnation until the business becomes less valuable or at worst, worthless. So if you find yourself here already, or you think your story is likely headed down a similar road, think about another option. Consider selling your business on Acquire.com because you can capitalize on your time right now, the value of your time. I think that's a pretty smart move. And Acquire.com is free to list. They've helped hundreds of founders already. They will help you. So go to try.acquire.com/Arvid and see for yourself if this is the right option for you and your business right now. Just check it out. Thank you so much for listening to the Boots of Founder today. You can find me on Twitter at ARVID, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. You've my books and my Twitter course there as well. And if you want to support me in this show, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, get the podcast in your podcast player of choice, and leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com founder. Any of this will really help the show. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.